Key Aero, your aviation destination. Military Aviation. Hello and welcome to episode four of the Air Warrior podcast, bringing you all the news and key talking points for military aviation, from deployment and exercises to attrition and procurement. I am your host, Richard Thomas, and this week we bring you an exclusive interview with Aero Vodder Choddy in the Czech Republic on its Aero L39 next generation jet training aircraft, outlining recent platform developments, as well as key markets of interest. All of that coming up a little later on in the show. The news this week. Amid an extensive effort to modernize and recapitalize its aviation assets, the US Special Operations Command designed the acquisition of additional de Havilland Canada Dash 8 intelligence, surveillance, and reconnaissance aircraft. The force currently operates a single specially configured aircraft of the type known as the RO6A Airborne Reconnaissance Low Enhanced. Based on the DHC-8, the ARLE features communications intelligence and image intelligence sensors, including long and short-range ground and dismounted moving target indicator synthetic aperture radar and high-definition electro-optical and hyperspectral imagery sensors. It's understood that US SOCOM could look to acquire an additional two aircraft delivered by the end of 2022. UK Royal Air Force-operated Lockheed Martin F-35B Lightning IIs, currently embarked on HMS Queen Elizabeth, have participated in their first international air exercise as the aircraft carrier continues on its seven-month maiden deployment into the Indo-Pacific region. The fifth-generation multi-role stealth fighters, which are assigned to number 617 Squadron, presently the RAF's sole F-35B frontline combat unit, launched from HMS Queen Elizabeth on May the 25th to participate in exercise Atlantic Trident. This two-week trinational event took place across a variety of locations in France from May the 17th to the 28th and involved aircraft and personnel from the French, British and American militaries. During Atlantic Trident, RAF F-35Bs flew with and against aircraft and crews from their French and American counterparts in simulated combat missions off France's southwest coast. And finally, Brazil's Ministry of Defense has approved the purchase of two multi-role tanker transport aircraft, which will supplement the Brazilian Air Force's existing air-to-air refueling fleet. Authorization for the rapid acquisition of two strategic MRTT aircraft under the KC-X3 project was given by Brazil's Minister of State for Defense, Walter Souza Braga Neto, in a decision order issued on May the 10th. The order specifies that the two aircraft should be purchased as second-hand assets to reduce costs, while still being capable of meeting all of the Air Force's requirements. The Brazilian Air Force has previously attempted to acquire new MRTTs in recent years. In March 2013, it was announced that the service had selected Israel Aerospace Industries as the winner of the KC-X2 project. The program sought to replace Brazil's then-existing Boeing KC-137 tanker fleet, which ended operational service in 1986 and was fully retired by the end of 2013. And that is the news. Let's turn now to Aero Vodichotti in conversation with Key Publishing's Modern Military Group Editor, Alan Warns. So today I'm talking to Yaramir Lang, the Chief Designer of the L39NG, and Jakob Huda, the VP Sales of Aero, based in Prague. So Yaramir, the uh, L39NG flew in uh, December 2018 for the first time. The second one flew... In the following year, what have you been doing since then with the NG? Since then, we did all the development flight tests, 
and uh, qualification flight tests. So the aircraft was uh, certified in the baseline configuration uh, in uh, September last year. Right. Yeah. And uh, from that time, we continue in uh, improvements on the on the baseline configuration and also in uh, in some extension of uh, the uh, aircraft uh, configuration. And this is uh, what we are doing right now. So this is the task for, for this year. Right. And Yaramir, of course, you've uh, recently announced the uh, deal to Vietnam of uh, 12 L39NGs. What challenges do you face in delivering them aircraft to a country which uses the Russian way of operations? Is it causing some issues on the avionics? There are a lot of uh, challenges because the aircraft was originally uh, equipped with completely Western equipment, uh, so let's say Western configuration, and uh, we need to switch to the Eastern configuration, which means all the uh, cockpit uh, arrangement must be in Russian language, uh, the signs, the external signs also on the aircraft. Uh, we need to provide uh, the pilots with the Russian style of navigation, uh, showing the Russian style of horizon, and uh, also to use the, the Russian letters uh, on the multifunction displays. So uh, there is there is a big portion of work on uh, on designing the, the the new canopy and uh, also the software changes right. to switch to Russian. And what will happen to the Genesis system? Will there be any alterations to the Genesis system, which is on the, the avionics, which is on the NG? Yeah, the Genesis system uh, will stay on board uh, as it is on the baseline aircraft, uh, but it will cooperate uh, with, with another mission computer, uh, which we uh, developed especially for the business case. And uh, this uh, second mission computer will provide the, the Russian symbology and the Russian language uh, to the pilot. And this second mission computer system you developed, when did you start developing it? We start developing um, in January this year. Okay. Uh, it is it is developed by local companies, and uh, we we agreed with the American companies with Genesis and Borsight on the cooperation on this project. So we are now in phase of signing the non-disclosure agreement to be capable to share the, the sensitive information, and and uh, the project uh, is going right. forward. Okay. And that's with the, is that with Genesis company? Yes. Yes, okay. And of course, it isn't Vietnam you you've, uh, have to uh, develop the aircraft for. You also have a light attack version to develop. What, what have you been doing in the past with the light attack version? It was announced in the beginning of the program that we developed the aircraft uh, to be prepared for light attack configuration. So uh, the, the structure of the aircraft is already equipped with all the attachment points to carry, carry the pylons. Uh, and the only extension from baseline aircraft to light attack configuration is uh, to install the weapon control system and appropriate wiring harness. Right, okay. So if you, you've frozen that design now, have you? But if you've got an order for a light attack version, you would then continue with it? Yes. Because, of course, we, we all knew about three or four years ago you got a deal from Senegal, but at the moment it's frozen too, is it, the, the contract for Senegal? Yeah, we have, we have a lot of work uh, already done because, as I mentioned, we, we started the light attack preparation from the beginning of the program. 
uh, we have agreements with the weapon suppliers uh, worldwide, or, yeah, or, yeah. especially in Europe. Uh, so we we can install the weapons immediately. Uh, the the project, the light attack aircraft, will be will be allowed to continue. Right. Okay. And can you say if Vietnam wants the light attack version? Yeah, Vietnamese uh, they are interested in light attack version, but uh, they uh, request uh, uh, very very simple weapons, the the general purpose bombs and and rockets. Okay. So it is something what we have already integrated in our uh, legacy L39, and, and we will use uh, this uh, this design on the NG. So it's it's not so big complication. Okay, and you will put Russian drop tanks as well on the. Yeah, uh, the, the, that's the complication because we need to rebuild uh, the, the drop tanks from the Western configuration to the Eastern configuration. The differences in the structure of the tank because uh, the western one is carried on two hooks and the eastern one is uh, carried by one hook. So, right. so it's a different structure. Right. Okay. Well, thanks very much, Jeremy. You're Appreciate welcome. it. And Jakob, um, the L39NG currently has one customer, which is Vietnam. I've always found it quite surprising that the Czech government has not ordered the uh, aircraft yet. This must be very frustrating for you and the company. Uh, indeed. Uh, the reality that the Czech government uh, or the Czech training center Lombraha has not ordered yet any L39NG is uh, very frustrating. Uh, we've been counting on that deal, especially when uh, the prime minister himself publicly announced that they are planning to acquire this aircraft. And we know that the need is there. Unfortunately, we have not been able to push it through. Um, so yes, it is frustrating. I think it's embarrassing for the country. And we are probably the only manufacturer in the world of a military aircraft who would develop on their own uh, cost uh, and certified uh, aircraft. And the uh, national government would not uh, place an order for it. Yeah, because when I met uh, Andre Babish at uh, your Prime Minister at Ostrava in September, I asked him when he was going to order the aircraft, and he told me, quite surprisingly, when it was certified, and of course we were there drinking champagne because it had been certified, but still there seemed to be no move forward on that. Uh, that's correct, yeah. I think uh, we still believe uh, one day, sooner or later, we'll finalise the deal with the Czech government and Lompraha. Uh, because of the political situation and the elections uh, being in a few months, we do not expect nothing is going to happen by then. Uh, as I said, uh, it's very sad for us. And But at the end of the day, the positive thing is there's so big uh, interest in this platform from uh, a lot of other customers and uh, nations that we are very confident that it will be successful product with or without the Czech Air Force flying on the L39NG. Yeah, that's uh, quite unheard of though, isn't it? For uh aircraft manufacturer not to have its own country ordering the uh, aircraft and so i don't think that would ever happen in a lot of countries where the air force doesn't or the government doesn't order yeah and i can even i can even say that we were very generous to the to the national customer we have offered uh, to produce to basically finance the production of the uh, four aircraft for the czech uh, mod and lompraha uh, allowing them to basically pay back to Aero after delivery uh, of those aircraft. And despite this uh, very non-standard uh, and very generous offer, 
unfortunately, I think because of political reason, it didn't go through. And another thing that most people will not be aware of is that Aero actually funded all the research and development of the NG as well, which is also pretty unusual because before an aircraft goes into development, it's usually ordered by the local air force. That's correct. Indeed. I mean, it's uh, super unique. Uh, I don't think there exists a company which would privately fund development of military aircraft. And it has been funded because of our current owner, Penta Investment, and our current partner, Omnipol Group, which both uh, contributed 50% in the fund and development of the alternate ng so without uh, having the order from uh, the national customer it's obviously more difficult for us but still despite uh, all of that um, roadblocks uh, the good news is we now have a firm order from vietnam as uh, yarmir already uh, discussed and we can start the serial production and continue with the other programs and negotiations we have with the other potential customers. And as, as the head of sales or the VP of sales of Aero, how difficult is it telling potential customers that your own country hasn't ordered it? Uh, obviously, it's uh, make it uh, a bit more difficult in the discussion. But the good thing is that Aero have a very strong reputation uh, as being one of the major supplier of the military jet training aircraft. If you look on the history of our company, uh, we produce more than 6,000 jet aircraft, uh, which still serves as a, a great platform for uh, the basic and advanced trainer in many, many countries, uh, still in the operation. And uh, whenever we talk about ENG, there are customers who are basically telling us, well, that's the aircraft we've been waiting for for many, many years, uh, while some of them even had to face out the L-39 and are using our competing products. But still, when they are aware about the stage where we are, there's strong interest in uh, test the aircraft and potentially acquire it. Uh, plus, there are obviously countries who are uh, going to face out the L-39, and the NG is a logical replacement of, uh, of the old uh, right. aircraft. Of course. And one of your um, potential sales areas is Slovakia. Could you tell me what's the progress on Slovakia? Sure. Uh, first, I would say it's not just Slovakia. I mean, for us, uh, the focus really is the Central Eastern Europe. I think that's the core, plus expanding to other uh, regions like Asia and uh, Africa. But uh, when you ask about Slovakia, uh, yeah, I think we are making good progress. We've been there with the aircraft. Uh, we were invited by the Slovak Air Force to test the aircraft at their Sliac Air Force Base, which we've done. Uh, three pilots flew the aircraft with our uh, chief test pilot. And the feedback was very positive uh, about the performance, how easy it's to handle it, what is the, how, how different it is than the legacy aircraft. Uh, that's purely 21st century modern technology aircraft. And we offered a very strong industrial cooperation to the Slovak uh, Republic. We are cooperating with their state-owned company, uh, Lot Trenčín on the MRO side, so they are repairing the wings for our MRO and general overhauls activities with, with many countries. And we offer them to be partner on the uh, production of the L-39NG uh, aircraft as well. Wow, okay. So any potential Slovakian deal would see a progressive uh, work by Lot Trenchin? Uh, yeah, well, it's still in the discussion, but we yeah. just signed the MOU about strategic cooperation between Aerovodochody and uh, Lot Trenchin. And as I mentioned, we offered uh, four significant packages, work packages for uh, Lot Trenchin 
which they can do for us. It uh, goes from the nose of the aircraft up to the rear fuselage, the external uh, fuel tanks and uh, and the brakes. Uh. Okay. Um, back to you, Yaramir. I just, I mean, the ejection seats in the uh, NG when they go to Vietnam, will they be the Martin Baker as well? Yeah, yeah. The, the Martin Baker ejection seat will stay you know, for the Vietnamese also. Right. Okay. And Jakob, other potential sales companies are Hungary? Is Hungary a- uh, well, Hungary is obviously another logical country. As I said, the focus uh, is the core business is uh, Central Eastern Europe. But besides that, uh, as many of the um, uh, listeners of the podcast probably know, uh, Arevodochode is in the process of uh, sale. Our current owners uh, selling the company and uh, the negotiations with uh, the new uh owner are ongoing and uh, it's basically a partnership between Hungarian industrial group and Omnipol company from Czech Republic. So it should even help us to uh, make the success in Hungary where the uh, customer has interest in the aircraft regardless. But with the Hungarian majority ownership of Airborne we expect the transaction will become even easier. Right. And when do you expect the transaction of new ownership in Aero to take place? Uh, I do believe it will be close uh, within the summer months. Ideally, it will all happen by the end of July. Right. Right. Okay. And Yaramir, I think your plans are to sell the aircraft and it will be a paper hour concept of uh, operations. That's correct. We are offering uh, both. We are offering the traditional concept to our customers, but we developed a new one, which is basically powered by our program, where the customer pays a fixed fee for the flight hour, and all the scheduled and unscheduled uh, events are included in that service. And can you say whether that's part of the Vietnam deal? Uh, I can't comment in details on Vietnam because of the non-disclosure agreement uh, with the customer. But uh, typically for customers uh, similar to the Vietnam profile, uh, I think they would more inclined to the traditional concept. Right. Okay. And if all goes well with the uh, NG, how many do you hope to have sold in the next five years? That's a half-cough question. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I believe within the next five years, we could go over 50 aircraft uh, in sales for sure. Okay. Okay. Great. I think it'll be between 50 and 100, to be very honest. Right. And Yaramir, of course, there is the uh, NFTE concept as well, the NATO flying training in Europe. Is Erevodohodi involved in that? Uh, Yeah, it's an interesting concept. We have been monitoring it for some time and we are involved. We're involved directly as a company, but also as part of the kind of Czech Republic offering, because Czech Republic, obviously, besides having the uh, manufacture of the training aircraft, we also have some training capabilities in Pardubice with uh, CLV and the Technical Training Center. So part of that whole consortium of uh, potential offerings from Czech Republic, we are also, but uh, we're also cooperating with other industries within the Western Europe. Uh, to provide some, you know, joint integrated solution for the NFTE. And I guess you can't say them company names, but uh, which countries are, are they from? Yeah, I cannot comment on the countries, uh, sorry, on the company, company names, names, but uh, at least I can disclose that uh, the companies are from France and Germany, and it's a strong consortium uh, offering wide range of services, not just the platform or simulation, but also the training capabilities uh, itself. Right. Okay. And of course, uh, there's been uh, 
in the papers recently about the Visegrad Free Plus training concept. Can you tell us a little bit about that too? Uh, I personally am very optimistic about the Visegrad 3 cooperation, specifically about the cooperation between Czech Republic, uh, Slovakia and Hungary. There are already discussion at the MOD levels about uh, closer cooperation in the training uh, scheme. Uh, we are uh, part of that dialogue from the industrial side and uh, I think it's much more easier to agree between three nations than between 17 nations as part of NFTE. Of course. And is Austria also possibly going to be a part of that? Uh, I do believe in the near future Austria might be invited uh, by the B3 countries to, to join the initiative on a training uh, collaboration. I think the initial discussion might already have happened, but uh, I, I do believe uh, this, there's a high chance um, the dialogue will be extended to Austria as well. Right. And Austria continues to show interest in the NG? Uh, that's very much correct. Uh, we do have a good discussion with our Austrian partners and we are expecting to have a more detailed uh, and deeper discussion uh, after the summer uh, in Austria. Was the L159 offered as an interim solution? Uh, it's part of the interim solution. There was a request from Austrian government directly towards uh, Czech Air Force if they could either lease the L159 or provide some number of flight hours to the Austrian Air Force. But uh, since this dialogue continues at a government-to-government level, uh, we're not directly involved in it. Okay. And that leads me nicely to the L159 because we're seeing an increase of uh, red air activity by civilian companies in the US. It's probably going to start coming more to Europe and eventually to Asia Pacific. Do you wish the L159 production line was still running? Uh, well, I wish uh, it would. Uh, it's not the case, but I think we have a very solid product on with the NG. Uh, if the ramp up will go the way we expect and the sales book is going to be very strong, um, you never know where we're going to head, but uh, obviously the L159 proves uh, to be one of the best uh, trainer for the red air activities as uh, as we see with Drekken International. So you see NG as being a red air adversary in, in the future? Uh, well, NG, it, it would not be the primary role of that, no. but it can play part of that the whole training uh, syllabus. Yeah, because it doesn't have a radar, does it? Unlike exactly. So on the MROs at the moment, you've had Uzbekistan, you've had... We do have four major customers currently, Uzbekistan, Kazakhstan, Ethiopia and Nigeria. Um, we're co continuing uh, supporting them and uh, overhauling and upgrading the legacy L39s. And we do expect to continue with those programs with the new orders for additional uh, overhaul and upgrades uh, even this year. Okay. So... Has the second two to Kazakhstan left a couple of days ago? Because I saw the Kazakhstan IL-76 going over my house yesterday. So I guess it was going into Pardubitsi to pick up two L-39s. Is that right? Uh, we can say it's in the process of uh, handing over to the customer. Okay. Yeah, because I saw the last two go to Uzbekistan. I was in Pardubitsi mm -hmm. when the IL-76 came in, and that was uh, mm -hmm. pretty nice to see, actually. Um, and so you've got... You haven't increased any orders since December, have you, on the MRO side? Uh, not to this point. I think it was mostly because of the COVID, so the travel restrictions. Yeah. But you definitely will hear uh, firm orders for additional batches with those customers by the end of the year. Right. I can guarantee okay. that. Excellent. 
Uh, how many uh, L-39s are there still flying? Do you know? About six, 600? There's about 600 aircraft still in the air. Okay. With the governments as well as with the private users, especially in the US. Yeah, yeah. It's quite, uh, they're quite busy in the US, aren't they? And do you still provide the sales support to the aircraft in the US or is there a local uh, person? With some, we do. But the private users, they... Uh, don't need the support from us. I mean, they buy the spares from the open market from Russia, Ukraine. So we're not part of that. We do, though, have a good and strong cooperation with uh, major U.S. customers like Draken International or Patriots Global Training. Those are the the key players and partners for us. And we do see significant opportunities for future cooperation with the increase of U.S. government-funded uh, training, which goes to the private operators. Yeah, yeah, yeah. there's quite a few of them now, isn't there? Particularly not just Red Air, but also to for forward air controlling training as well. Exactly. There's a lot of money in the States for this uh, I think they, uh, they allocated about $6 billion U.S. dollars yeah. to private companies for different trainings and services which are, which are subcontracted to the right, private sector. Right. And the VTS side, the training, virtual training system, have you finished developing that now or is it still ongoing? Oh, we have developed the phase one of the virtual training system. We have uh, agreement, or not sign agreement, but more vision yeah, yeah. Uh, to continue uh, with uh, another three phases. Until the phase two, it is still training system, phase three and phase four. Uh, there is intention to integrate the live weapons also. Oh, wow. Okay, yeah. And when are we going to see a new name for the L39NG? Uh, <laughs> that's a good question. <laughs> I think we uh, want to wait with the decision uh, for the new owner of the company. Of so after of the closing. Okay, well, thanks very much for the chat, Jaramir and Jakob. And uh, as always, it was very nice coming to Erevodahodi to see you both. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. For our listeners, if you'd like to learn more about the topics discussed in the podcast, visit the Key Aero and Air International websites. But for now, until next week, thanks for tuning in. This has been a podcast from Key Aero, your aviation destination. Remember, visit www.key.aero for more of the same. Thanks for stopping by, and we hope to catch up with you again soon.